Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to episode four of The Social Circus. Today, I am super excited and thrilled to be joined by Rochelle Glendon from the very successful podcast and business, How to Live Slow. So welcome, Rochelle. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm so well and I'm so happy to be talking to you today. I feel like it's really, um, it comes at a time when I'm feeling a bit like I'm suffering a bit of busyness and I'm, I'm certain that my audience is going to love hearing what you've got to say today. So before we jump in, in case people don't know you, tell us a little bit about you and your journey and your business. Yeah, so as you said, uh, my name's Rochelle and my business is called How to Live Slow. And with that, I have, like you said, the podcast um, and I do coaching with mums one-on-one and in group formats um, around how to, you know, slow down, um, live a bit, you know, more intentionally. Um, we talk about like the, the burnout that you can really get from motherhood and trying to do it all. You know, the, yes. the quote I, I love is, or not, I don't love it. It's actually the, the whole reason I exist is um, that's the so- social pressure to work like you don't have a family and parent like you don't work Um, I read that the other day and I just I felt it so keenly yeah exactly yeah we all do I think and I've learned that lesson kind of the hard way Um, my husband and I um, have two boys and we also have a contracting trades business that we've had for just on 10 years now and I was working full-time studying at uni full-time um, we had the, just started the business and I was helping my husband with all the accounts and project management stuff. Wow. And, <laughs> and then we thought, well, let's get married and have kids. And I was just like, how on earth is that going to fit into what we're doing? Oh, wow. um, yeah. So I, yeah, I really had to learn. I was always kind of a minimalist, which is, you know, looking at, um, reducing your staff and your spending and being really mindful of, um, you know, the environment and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then I discovered that slow living is this whole new element, like the feminine side of minimalism in that we can learn to hold boundaries and say no to things that aren't, you know, important to us um, and let go of people pleasing and just really enjoy the ebb and flow of motherhood and life in general. I just wish I'd discovered you when my children were younger because I've got two boys (laughs) but they're now 13 and 16 and I feel like um, you know it's been such an interesting journey and I feel now so confident in my parenting and whereas I didn't feel that in the early days and I know that the reason I was so keen to interview you today is because a lot of my audience are women who are mothers and who are running their own business and if there a lot of people I, I speak to are very much like me like I left my corporate job because I worked ridiculous hours. And so I've been running my own business for 11 years. My children were very small at the time. And I just kind of had no idea what I was going to do, but I just wasn't going to do that. And so I started my own business with the view that this would be a better way for me to balance my family. (laughs) And um, so I went into my business very much with that mindset. And I have to say, I feel very good that I've honored that over the years. Like I've made sure that I stopped work when my children got home from school and I've done a lot of things. However, 
I think for many of us who run a business, we go into it with this view that it's going to be wonderful, that we can set our own hours and we're going to have all this flexibility. And suddenly we find we're working more hours than ever and we're pushing our children to one side because there are these deadlines that we have to meet. And so this is where I wanted to really talk to you about with, with us as women running businesses, what do you think is the thing that kind of gets us down the most that we kind of really struggle with? And I think you kind of touched on it and being that um, working mother. Yeah, I think it's because we do start our businesses um, with the view to being like the flexible parent. So there's mm. so much pressure on families with, you know, expectations of two incomes. You've got the kids, they have their needs and something's got to give. So often we go, all right, well, I'll start my business or um, maybe that will give me the flexibility to be available for the kids. But what happens is, you know, the partner can't take time off work or the kids are sick. So you end up staying home with the kids and you're yes. feeling guilty because they're in front of the TV and you're trying to work and then you've got to work nights and they're up early and it all just goes completely wrong. Yes. Because I think what happens is, particularly if you're from a corporate background, you start your business and you create, instead of creating this life, um that suits you and your ebbs and flows you just recreate work at home (laughs) (laughs) oh I so resonate with that and it took me took me several years to kind of go this is my business and I can run it how I want to and um yeah and literally you're you're, you become like this automaton I spent 15 years in corporate so I was really well um well-defined little robot and so when I started my business it was just had so much masculinity to it and this is how you do things and um it actually took me ridiculously working with my husband um, who I've worked with for many years now and watching him with his own energy flows and Mm -hmm. he's a terrible morning person um, and he's really slow to rise and I'm a a bounce out of bed at 5am girl every day and he's doesn't like because he's a creative person who does web design and he doesn't like to start work till about 11 a.m and I used to sit at my desk literally strumming my fingers like when is that boy going to start work this is our business what's he doing and then, then when he works he's like in it and he just smashes out the work and I just watched him and I was like he is paying no attention to what society says that he should do he is completely honoring his own energy and creativity and it was only working with him and I'll be honest it irritated me for a couple of years before I realized that I probably needed to do something similar <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because I mean when I say work at home like you said it's like all right, well, if when I was working at work in the office, I'd start at nine and finish at five. So I had to be at my desk apart from a lunch break. So we think, okay, I've got to sit at my desk and that's what work looks like. So it's it's quite tricky. But you say, you know, you're a morning person, you bounce out of bed ready to go. Um, if that's the time to capture some of your best work moments. Yes, there's nothing that says there's no rules that's that's my favorite um I usually work like from depending what time I've got up and how I'm feeling I usually try and work till about 7 a.m and then my family gets up and I spend time with them I love those like golden hour and I really have learned to enjoy that rather than going oh I shouldn't be working or all these shoulds that exist in your head they're so powerful yeah and I bet that those two hours you probably get almost a full day's worth of work what that you would have done Absolutely. in a corporate yes. environment. <laughs> yes. 
yeah. and and I'm much better like I've been doing it 11 years now and working with a husband who is so great at doing what he wants to do in terms of his energy it's really yeah. inspired me but I really wanted to talk to you because I know that um having listened to your podcast and um spent time we actually met last year in a mastermind when I was like well, this woman's awesome um <laughs> thank you <laughs> because you just I I felt like you had everything together which is super nice to look at someone and it's very aspirational and I did want to talk about your your system that you teach so if you would like to tell everyone about that that would be amazing yeah great yeah so I am really loving playing with the seasons and cycles so Mm. I've really noticed that um, how we were saying like in the morning if that's when you're most productive go for it but then also equally balancing that with some serious rest time in the times when you feel tired Mm. Um, so I've kind of put together and uh, it's I call it the seasons of slow so you've got winter which would be my do less phase which is a place where a lot of us would probably need to spend a lot of time and this (laughs) is kind of reflective of winter we're not used to resting so we're always you know women have this cycle like men have a solar energy cycle as they say so men's hormonal cycle kind of is a 24-hour thing whereas with women we know we're hormonal you know our our menstrual cycle is 28 days roughly give or take um and so then you've got that hormonal fluctuation that kind of gives you energy right Mm -hmm. but you also have times when you need to rest like i said so but the do less phase of that is all about learning how to have boundaries and saying no to the things that you know aren't your priority and really looking at what are your priorities and being clear on that so that you can filter out the things that don't actually matter um, Mm. more easily and this is a really good like it's a reflective phase so you know and this is ongoing obviously but it also teaches you that you can't be clear about what it is that you want unless you rest and take some time to reflect and also to celebrate the things that you have achieved oh I love that yeah it's it's really magic and then you you do that and then you can start to look at the next phase which would be spring um, Mm -hmm. which I call needing less which is kind of like all right I'm clear on the priorities what do I what clutter do I need to clear physically and metaphorically like what things do I need to let go of my schedule I really recommend for um, my clients and it's very uncomfortable work, but to um, schedule your diary to 70% maximum mm. rather than go like lots of white space for the inevitable times when the kids are sick or you're not feeling your best or, or whatever, things come up, but also to allow you, you know, things take more time or less time than you think. Yes. So it gives you that, yeah, that flexibility. Breathing and space. Also, yeah. The breathing space, right. And also because often our diaries don't contain things like have a proper break for a nice healthy lunch or <laughs> exercise or do housework, groceries. We fit that in, in between all of the, you know, air quotes, productive work that we've got. Yes. Um, and we don't then value those caring mother roles um, as much. Whereas if we give them some space in our diary and value them, then um it just makes the family harmony so much better (laughs) I love that idea and I've been working very hard on that um and this year I'm really um pushed very hard with myself to um have my diary so that I have loads of space in it so Monday Tuesday is non-client facing work Wednesday Thursday is all my clients all my workshops and Friday I'm having as a flex or a day off so if I want to take it off I can rest and do these things and I've pushed myself very hard to hold that and actually it feels quite uncomfortable at times because 
Um, I'm completely booked out and people are like, can you open your diary? And it's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's learning to try and hold that space. It's it's really tough when you work for yourself because if you say no to work, it's actually letting go of money and it feels really yeah. hard to do that. And at the same time, you have to keep circling back to your why you started your business. And I think yeah. it's so easy to lose sight of that, so easy. Yeah, it really is. And, yeah, well, I mean, that kind of brings us to the third phase, which would be Brilliant. that summer phase, which is mm. um, to be more present. So I know a lot of us, like I experienced this actually in summer, this summer with taking almost two months off my business. I had the podcast still going I had things automated, but mm -hmm. I really focused on being mum. And oh, so I had gorgeous. all my presence. It was so beautiful, but I had all my presence on that. And, and, and presence, people think, well, how do I get more present? I, I need to be more present. It's really just thinking of it as what is your attention on? Mm. So you know, it was really beautiful for me to spend some time as just mum, but it also meant that I disconnected from my business. So wow. <laughs> a little bit like, so it took me, you know, a couple of weeks, I'm only just getting the ball back rolling to feeling yes. like I'm okay. I'm here to work. I'm, I'm ready to do this. Yes. I can show up for my clients. So, you know, and I think that points to the thing of we have very limited attention and capability to, you know, chunk our life down into areas yes. that we can focus on. Yes. And, um, and how did that feel? Um, I'm super envious because my goal is always to have the entire summer off and I never quite managed to do it, but I've taken yeah. five weeks is the most I've managed. Um, but how did that feel in terms of your presence and being with your, your boys who are still quite young? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're only three and six. So it was... I mean, my oldest one had only just started prep, which is, you know, kindergarten. Kin yeah. Um, yeah, first year of school. Um, so it was our first experience of having a school Christmas holidays. Yes. Um, and it was really, really nice because, um, yeah, we just reconnected as a family. It's the first time my husband has had a significant chunk of time off his business as well. Um so we were able to go to New South Wales and visit family. And uh, in some ways, though, it did kind of, I guess, my, because I was just in that, I kind of forgot all these other aspects of myself. Um, so, uh, you know, remembering how to take time away for exercise or, you know, time for myself, uh, that's been that's been interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're still a work in progress. <laughs> yes, always a work in progress. But that's why I think, like I say, like it, life is cyclical. We can't mm. always be, all right, this is my goal and I'm 100% focused on it and only that forever yeah. because life changes and, and our energy and our focus, you know, it fluctuates. Absolutely. Things happen. So we should we move on to the final season of autumn? I'm mindful that we've meandered. Apologies, everyone. Oh, it's so yeah, enjoyable talking to Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so autumn is um, the needing, sorry, I said needing less. Uh, so we've got being present and then being more, living more aligned. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of coming full circle. So, you know, when you be more present to the things that you say are important, re reassessing, okay, is that actually true? So this is really that, you know, if you think about autumn, a lot of us are kind of like, all right, I've got to quickly finish all the things because I know that there's a rest period coming up, winter's coming, I've got to hibernate kind of, you know, you get that mm -hmm. pull. Um, if you think about from a hormonal cycle point of view, this would be when you're premenstrual and you're just really ragey and you want to redecorate the house and throw everything <laughs> away. <laughs> I love it. And you're really frustrated because things aren't 
finished yet. Yes. Um, so this is about, you know, okay, well, I said these were my priorities and I worked, I focused on those and I, and I did that. Is that actually true? Mm. So this is a reshuffling and yeah Ooh, I like that and that, that would be quite um confronting especially um when we're in our business we often I think one of the things that I found really interesting about running my own business is having that flexibility and adaptability to kind of say I've set my I've set myself on this path and yeah. actually I'm not sure that that's correct and often we just yeah. keep rushing at it in a very masculine way and we forget that time of reflection to kind of go actually you're not sure this is right and if yeah. we don't do that if we don't allow ourselves to feel through that like autumnal phase you don't actually ever have a chance to reflect yeah exactly and how often do we get that intuitive hit like oh I actually don't want to do that anymore but we tell ourselves oh, you've set this goal, you have to finish, you have to see it through. Whereas mm. if you maybe tuned into that little hit, okay, well, maybe that might mean that I can change things a bit uh, or there's something here that's not working and what might it be? Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think that that can really create the business that keeps you motivated, keeps you showing up, keeps you going mm. um, and really sustains you and makes you feel like I'm doing something that I love. Um, yes yeah. it's nice to feel like that and mm. um, I guess I'd, I'd love I know that you share so much useful information and tips on your podcast but for us busy mums running a business that we feel like didn't quite pan out how we thought it would in terms of managing our life what are a couple of suggestions that you could help us to kind of allow us to kind of course correct or slightly realign ourselves yeah this is uh I think it's a huge question. Sorry. (laughs) It is a huge question, but it's really important because I think there's a lot of misconception, particularly around, you know, the fact that we live in digital worlds and we have this, you know, a lot of our businesses are online based now Mm. and it can feel like you, if you haven't done everything right now that you've missed the boat. And it seems like these people who appear out of nowhere and they have these, you know, overnight successes Yes, it's actually not the case. Like building a business takes a long time. There's a lot of initial grunt work that you don't see. Um, And I think, you know, it's not a quick, you know, you have to really want to do it and you have to, I think the more pressure you put on yourself for it to be um, financially viable so fast, the more it's, you know, it's not going to work. You're going to get burnt out a lot faster. Um, And I did want to say, uh, I had, um, because of this digital world that we live in and we're like, you know, it's like we're going to miss the boat if we don't be constantly saying yes to every opportunity. Yes. And people talk about being consistent. Mm. And I just want to point out that being consistent doesn't mean being constant. Oh, I like that. Because <laughs> I actually, one of my mantras, and I use it all the time, if you've done any courses with me, I always say the secret source to social media is consistency yeah. um, and that capacity to show up in a consistent manner. That doesn't mean you have to show up every minute of every day. Whatever you do, exactly. you just honor that. Um, yeah. And so I love that comparison with being constant because. I do think that there is, I'm going to use my teenager son's FOMO term, that fear of missing out because of social media, we're hyper-connected and we see things all the time. You think, if I don't say yes to that course or that workshop or that, um, you know, being part of that group, am I missing out? And is this my one and done chance? And I think we often think that is the case and actually things come around again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And on that, like being part of that group or this mastermind or whatever, Um, something that I did at the end of last year was leave a lot of business groups Mm. that were big, you know, big 
chunks of people in there, you know, 15,000 business women in business. And I left them and it was really hard to do, but I realized like going back to attention, I mentally was like, I need to be posting in here and I need to be engaging so that I can sell and I need to be, you know, Mm -hmm. in and in. But what I found is leaving them all, it's quietened things. And I'm just in a few strategic ones where I've got relationships with people and it works so much better. It's Mm. so much more engagement and, you know, feedback. And I I actually, um, one of my, so over Christmas, I have this um, activity um, that I do every single year and it's essentially around decluttering. And this year, because we were not able to travel, we did this massive amount of decluttering around our house because we had new carpets laid. So that just means everything has to be moved. So when it's moved, it's like this has to be doing something this year. And it was really exciting to have that process. But I also have a process in my business of reviewing like all of, all of my subscriptions, um, yeah. what do I belong to? What am I getting value from? And I always go through and I pretty much leave all groups except for about four and I start fresh. And yeah. then I start to see um, if someone says, hey, Sarah, you need to be in this group, come and check it out. I'm like, right, I will slowly come back into groups. But they are things that I think we definitely feel like we're missing out if we're not in there. And they, yeah. um, I think, take up so much energy because then yeah. you're getting all these notifications and you're kind of sifting through ways of information that are not relevant to see yeah. if there's an opportunity for you. And I feel like there's lots of opportunities if you're not going to miss out on just missing one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think with FOMO, in any way that you look at it, like FOMO is really just, it doesn't mean you're missing out. It just means that maybe you need to look at, you know, what you're doing and is there something in there that you might be able to do differently or change or, you know, what is it that's giving you the FOMO? What does it actually mean for you? Mm, and Like that. Yeah. Again, I don't think we stop and reflect on that because we're so no. busy filling the feels and then we just roll into the next thing that we don't actually do much of that reflection. So I do like yeah. that idea of that. Now, I've, I've heard you talk about on your podcast, um, having a slow morning. Um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I love it. Um, it's not my style, but I love the whole idea of it. Yeah. So I guess a slow morning is is really about, you know, I don't know about you and your kids are older now, so they sleep in, but you know, through summer, my three-year-old was up at four in the four thirty in the morning. Hey mum, can I have my breakfast? Like (laughs) I had years of that. It does get better. I absolutely promise my children were always early risers and I am as well, but anything before five, I'm not a fan of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But what I realized is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, routine, morning routines, people are really obsessed with, you've got to do your diary, you've got to do your morning pages, your, your exercise, meditation, this, that, the other. And that's just more stress for mums to tick all the right boxes and get the morning off and off to a great start. Um, and I don't know if you relate to that, but I just find that really, um, like, it's just another way that we can tell ourselves we've failed if we haven't got, you know, air quotes, the morning done right. Um, yes. But what I find is just going, waking up in the morning instead and just saying, how do I want to feel today? You know, mm. what, do I, what is the one thing I have to achieve today? And if that's the only kind of intentional stuff that you do, that's kind of like better than nothing. And then you just go with the flow of what you need, like enjoy your hot cup of tea. If that's the only thing you can get done, just embrace kind of embrace the fact that your mornings aren't always going to go exactly how you want them to go Mm. but also the other thing that I was going to say that is really related to that is 
so often as mums, we stay up late because our, you know, our kids go to bed and then we stay up really late. I call it bedtime revenge procrastination. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> because we stay up late and then we end up like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to go to bed early tonight. But we get our me time in the nighttime mm. once the kids have gone to bed. Yes. But I would say that's very unproductive me time. So flip it around and go to bed so that you're getting good quality sleep and you can wake up. If the kids wake you up at 4.30 in the morning, you can wake up and actually feel like you can approach the day without, you know, mainlining caffeine. <laughs> I love it. That's so important. And I think that um, I, in, in line with um, a lot that you talk about with this hustle culture, I think one of the things is it's like a badge of honour of how little sleep you can have. Yeah. And um, I'm not a fan. I love my sleep. And um, yes. my sleep was heavily disrupted by my youngest who didn't sleep through the night for two and a half years. Um, and I think I've never recovered from that. So now I, I, I value sleep so much because I'm not an intrinsically good sleeper. And I, I just, the more you read about sleep, the more you realize how detrimental it is to our productivity and to our longevity and all these things. And um, I think we should really, particularly as mothers, start valuing our own sleep because we spend so much time worrying about our children's sleep. Um, and I love watching my teenagers now who just, my, my kids have been good sleepers since they learned to actually sleep properly. They love sleep. They're 10 hours a night kind of kids and they still sleep 10 hours now. And um, they never have a sense of, so particularly my son who's 16, I watch him, um, he never cares. Like if he goes to a party because he loves sleep and because he's very active and sporty, so he needs his sleep. He'll be like at a party and my friend will say, oh, Matthew just put himself to bed and everyone was still up because he doesn't care. And I just think, yeah. oh, that's so cool. I wish we would all feel like that, not feeling like we have to, I need to stay up because I need to do things. Because actually you need to go to bed and you need to sleep. Um, I think that's a better message that we could tell ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we all deserve to be, you know, in our best. And honestly, sleep is the one thing that has, you know, the biggest impact on, on health outcomes. Like it's so important. We all deserve to have a good night's sleep, I think. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Oh, look, I could talk to you all day, but I am mindful of the time. So Rochelle, um, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honoured that you have given me some of your very valuable time to talk to my listeners. And um, for everyone listening, I will put in the show notes a link to Rochelle's podcast and her website and every other way that you can connect with her awesomeness. So thank you, Rochelle, for your time. I'm so grateful that you've given it up to talk to us about how we can be more intentional in our businesses. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I could I could talk about this all day too. I'm really proud of it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's been great. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode. Thanks so much for tuning into The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.